Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankleberg. And this is Kirk Gray. And Kirk was just talking about that he had a product, he's had it for years, and, and something happened to it, and it's had a couple of failures. Yet, it's a happy story. It was part of, and I, I think the entrance into this one was part your story, Kirk, is that things will fail. And our expectation yes. when you go to right. a company is they'll... Um, well, it's out of warranty or like Apple, if you can repair it yourself at one of their shops, but you might as well just buy a new phone because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's the That's spare parts, right. you know, somebody tallied up all of the costs that they list on their thing. And it was like $4,000 if you replaced everything they allowed you to replace <laughs> for a thousand dollar phone okay. or something ridiculous but, like that. Um, but part yeah. of, and the other thing we were chatting a little bit about is that the, our expectations matter. And and when I talk about setting a reliability goal, you know, saying, well, what's your warranty period? How much profit do you want to suck away into warranty? You know, how right. good do you need to make your product? How technically capable are you to do that? You know, right. is it even feasible to have a 400-year-old car, you know, with 40 million miles on it? Yeah, it is <laughs> technically possible. Is Nobody will buy it because you can't afford right. it. But right. there's you know, all these things. But one of the things is we talk about in reliability is, well, what's its function, right? Your motor scooters provide transportation, hopefully safely, and a bunch of other things it's supposed to do, and speed and weight and all that other stuff. And then it's got right. an environment, you know. It's, I don't think your bike's really rated for uh, off-road, you know. Yeah rock climbing kind of things it's probably no it's 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 not a fat tire bike it's but it's um it's an electric bike that um you know has a 14 kilowatt hour battery pack on it and a 750 watt motor and um sensors down the road right what's that no but i'm thinking it's it's class two electric via electric bikes are a max speed that they will be powered to is 20 miles an hour yeah you cannot you can you can ride them faster of course if you're going downhill or if you're willing to pedal a lot harder you can certainly go whatever speed you want but they're generally much heavier bikes um and that's a class so so the idea is is that we talk about you know the function the environment where it gets used and then the probability and and duration now one of the things that is included in how you set an objective for a product mm-hmm. or a goal is what does the customer expect? Right. And part of that is, you know, it should work, you know, get it out of the box and it should work. And you were very happy with your product and then an accident right. occurred and, and some wire cut cut off. And then right. we have this expectation of custom calling customer service or going to a repair shop from the same company we bought it from. And oftentimes right. that gets frustrating. You can. It sounded like you got a great, surprise to your end of that story is that they said right yeah we'll deal well this company had opened a shop Uh, they were normally had sold previously like dell did started out and that was direct they Mm -hmm. didn't have any stores they didn't distributors these distributors they sold direct uh, on the internet and so during the pandemic i bought one it was great i loved it i lost weight um got out 
because they didn't all the pinball arcades were closed. So I had I was forced to ride anyway. Just get out there and loved it. And so I bought another one for my wife, and it's now up in uh, Boston on the back of a Honda Pilot being driven around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "Well, it's gotten a lot of rain." I said, "Well, it's a sealed motor on the hub," and I said, "It's not great for it, but." It shouldn't hurt it, yeah. you know. She talked about, well, what about water on the contacts? I said, well, every time you slide the battery in and out, you're going to scrape the contacts. So don't worry about that. They'll be fresh. When you yeah. And so anyway, the company was very helpful in the fact that I, uh, in Denver, they had a shop and I took it down there and took the wheel down there and they really didn't want to try and open up the hub and the motor and repair those wires. And they suggested I just um, buy a new one. Uh, and they don't manufacture that type of uh, motor wheel assembly anymore. But fortunately, and this is my expectation, that they will still stock older parts that they don't manufacture anymore or have a stockpile of them. And they and did. most companies do for some period of time. Just yeah, for, for some period of time, right. And so... Um, he brought out a, um, tire and he, he actually even gave me a discount because it was, they had lost the box for it or whatever, but it was a brand new assembly. And then, uh, coincidentally, and I don't think it was related to the first incident. It may have been related to me messing around with the bike, trying to fix it myself, but the sensor for the power assist, uh, system, which, uh, reads how fast you're pedaling and then feeds to the, uh, computer to to decide how much power it needs to apply to the motor to assist you uh it had gone out and i gave it i actually took the bike down there which was difficult to do in my small car but i got it out and they were fortunate enough to i mean i was very lucky they took it in and immediately while i was there uh put it up on the stand and replaced, took the assembly that had to take the whole, uh, pedal assembly apart and to get to the sensor. And they did, and they replaced it, put it back together. And about 20 minutes later, see your bikes working fine, even tightened. <laughs> the guy noticed that my steering, uh, my handlebars were a little bit wobbly. And I noticed even without even saying that to them, that he had already tightened that up, so it was it was much firmer, mm -hmm. and gave me back the bike. And then I asked how much I charged. He said, "Well, you came in and bought the wheel yesterday. We'll just consider that part of the service." So, you know, the sensor and everything else he repaired for free, and I part of the cost, kind of of what I'd already paid. And so I wrote, you know, I said, "This is great. I, I will go back to them, just because of their response and how I know they treated me." So even though I'm disappointed that. But the, the failure was because of something that happened, uh, you know, like a, a accidental something bizarre. My uh, uh, bungee cord got wrapped up in the wheel and cut a wire. That's not their fault. That's not to be expected. <laughs> nobody <laughs> got that. Nobody could have predicted the reliability calculation for how many times that's going to happen. So yeah. I'm sorry. Those things happen. And that's part of, you know, unreliability is things bizarre happen. events happen. Yeah, things yeah. happen. But the the bigger picture of this is that, you know, you got the bike pretty early when these electric bikes are coming out. Right. And, and you were, you know, and then you stuck with it and enjoyed it. And like you said, 
lost a bunch of weight and maybe you should take the battery out. You can really lose a lot of weight by pedaling that heavy monster. Right? Boy, have you ever tried a 65 pound bike trying to ride a 65 yeah. pound? No, I spend no. extra to get a bike that's only six pounds. So it's <laughs> right. you know, kind of, but the idea is, is that, um, yeah, our products, um, we have expectations of, of their use, and especially when you're buying something that's relatively new in the market, right? Right. It's right. like, yeah, there's bits and pieces here that are new engineering, and and you're willing to take on that and and figure right. out I could I learn from it and have fun, and it exceeded your expectations. You said yeah. something like, yeah, twenty eight thousand miles on this thing. No, twenty eight hundred. Twenty eight hundred. Eight hundred. Oh, okay. Which is a lot of riding. That's a lot of riding. That is true. Halfway across the United States, maybe I don't know. Well, twenty eight hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, that's, that's a, a long, long way. way. Yeah, and um, it's more than once around the block, that's for sure. <laughs> but the idea is, is that you, you know, one expectation was exceeded. One that it was just fun to re ride. Two, right. it was it just worked. And, right. and I remember early conversations we had was around, you know, the battery charging. When it does that, it gets kind of warm, and you're concerned well, about I lost, that a little bit. I did lose a battery charger. I used an AC. Yeah, it got uh, too hot. The, I opened it up, looked inside internally, and there was a little fat, a power fat, that was right next to an inductor. And it had melted because of melted the proximity. The inductor. <laughs> exactly. It had melted the insulation off the inductor. A wire wound, you know. Yeah, and, that's not good. No. And I was going to write them and say, look, guys, uh, this placement, you know. But that placement and, you know, this fat standing up uh, could have been put uh, you know, had it, it was easy to move it to a different position. So anyway, most of the time they said it right where it wasn't close to that inductor. Once in a while they did. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But then again, they sent me a, they sent me an, a new AC charger immediately, no charge. Yeah. So they exceeded my expectations. Well, it goes back. I, I, I know I've used this story before is that when I first had my first cell phone, I had it, and this was prior to Apple getting into the business. Mm -hmm. so it was early in the cell phone stuff, and I was right. a brand new consultant, and I thought, this is great. And I have one number for home and on the road, in the office, whatever. I'm, I'm in touch with my clients. Uh -huh. And it had – this is before Bluetooth was even useful. Um, <laughs> and so I had a wired port for a headset, right? Yeah, a little ear right. Plug in, plug in, quarter and, and inch. A quarter inch, little quarter inch thing, and plug it in, five. and I could – be on the phone and it had a microphone on the cable and it was great. Right. Until that connector failed. And you could tell the connector failed because it, you'd push in the, the, the cord, the, the male end of it and the inside of it would just kind of push further into the case. And I was like, where in the world's that going? Cause there's not a lot of room in there for it to move. Why is that moving? Well, yeah. it turned out it wasn't connected to its circuit board anymore. And it was just free to flow. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes getting the connection there really bad. And so I call right. customer service and they say, well, is your phone still work? It says, I'm on my phone right now, but I have to hold it up to my head. And it's really not comfortable when I'm on the phone for four hours a day. Yeah. And I want this feature to work. So they said, well, you, you're paying all this money for it and everything else. We'll send you a new phone. Well, in, within that year, they sent me three new phones. And they're like... <laughs> You know, you guys really should just fix this. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, so my yeah. expectation is, is I can deal with the first failure. And it was nice that he sent me a new one, right? right? And it was under warranty still. And and then when they sent me a new one, the warranty restarted. And I was like, come on, you guys. This I know this is costing you money. 
fix so it. So this this is the same mechanism failing. Exact same one different. failed three times. And maybe I'm just particularly harsh on those <laughs> connectors. But uh, you think somebody at the factory said maybe we should look into this? Yeah, it was I think they said let's not send any more to Fred. Yeah. You know, he breaks them. Anybody <laughs> ever think of doing a Pareto chart on that? <laughs> You know, and I imagine the first phones were like the first laptops. They had all kinds of issues. I mean, it was, it's a whole new form factor and a whole new use conditions. Um, I'm sure they had a Pareto that was a mile long and, and a mile high. With Oh, sure. Sure. You know. So there was plenty of the work on it. I was like, you know, this is not good for your business. And I've actually run into medical devices that... For other oh, yeah. reasons, they just assumed that they were making money hand over fist, so everything must be good. But they were shipping two units for every one they sold. Yeah, no, they were I, shipping I, two I extra units for every one they sold. Oh, I worked for a medical uh, equipment company, pulse oximeters and residual gas mon uh, respiratory gas monitors. And they said, yeah, we have about a 50% failure rate. And I go, what? And it's okay. <laughs> we're making money. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, now that was so. My expectation, you know, if I was a customer of these, and yeah. it turned out, in the, when I'm talking to their field reps that are working with yeah. the actual hospitals, is that yeah. well, you can always tell the products that the the, the staff doesn't like because that's over in the corner collecting dust. But the yeah. hospital is the buying agent isn't doesn't listen to what the people using it really want or need, so they just buy whatever they want to fill oh. some function. But if it doesn't work. Absolutely. Then it goes in the corner. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's amazing. You know, my wife is a labor and delivery nurse mm -hmm. and has been for the last 20, 25, 30 years. Uh, and she constantly brings me home stories and shows me pictures, you know, of here, you have to reset, you have to repower it off, recycle it to get this thing to work or something like that. We're big, you know, the nurses will put a sign on it. Or you're right. They roll it into a corner. It just sits there. Nobody bothers with it. They use some alternative. Yeah. They use yeah. backups, less, often right. times less efficient or effective systems, right. but they do it because they got a job to do. And if you can't count on it, that it's going to work and it just adds more hassle and difficulty to serve your patient, then yeah, it goes in the corner. Just yeah. ignore that. Right. And, it, you know, remote monitoring is especially critical with, uh, uh, expectant mothers, mothers in labor and delivery. And, you know, I said, she said, you know, she can't always trust that the Bluetooth is it, the monitor that goes around the woman's yeah. uh, abdomen and monitors the fetal heartbeat is, is actually working. You know, they, they've always, the, the problem is having to question that and yeah. doubt, you know, whether that's working or not. Well, that's, there's, a, that's an example of, you know, the, it's the customer is the actual user in this case is, right. is, has an expectation that, Exactly. It, it either works in their experience says, well, this right. one I got to double check all the time because I can't trust it. Right. And that's not good for your product. Um, no, you know, you're not going to get good Yelp reviews <laughs> or <laughs> recommendations back to the buyer going, well, don't buy that piece of crap. We don't use it. it you can't trust it. It doesn't make but, good contact or whatever, but it doesn't always work the, that way. A salesperson bought the buyer's a uh, great lunch yep. or something. Who knows? Well, it also goes with, you know, uh, we talked about it just briefly in the last episode is that the, um, a, a supplier and a manufacturer of some system and the supplier is, you know, or saying, well, it should be just the same. 
they're making that assumption. Yeah. Right. And we're expecting that the vendor will will make a good product and, and serve as well. And, and it's in their own interest to get good, you know, make a good, stable, consistent product so that we always get the same thing. Right. Yet they're in business, you know, to make right. money. Not so. And, and the question is, will it work with the other products it's supposed to and yeah. interface with? Yeah. That's what my wife runs into a lot is the myriad of different kind of communication systems, charting systems she has because she's a travel nurse now. So she gets to go to different hospital systems and works in different ones. <laughs> so she sees all these different, you know, yeah. software systems. She's doing, you know, oh yeah, fortunately now she's exposed to most of them so she can <laughs> deal with them. I can deal but with it. I know where every the switch hospital is. <laughs> has a different one. You know, yeah. there's no uniformity in in different you know, well, anyway, yeah, it's part of it is, is you know, pick your battles and operating systems and right go to go to town. Right. Um, yeah, it's um, I mean, proprietary we, versus non-proprietary. Yeah. You know? But we, I mean, another whole area of these expectations, and I know you're a big fan of this one, is that you you should be able to fix it. <laughs> you know, I think there's laws coming on the books now. There's well, a, we had a, the we right had old, to repair kind of thing. Right. And we had a whole uh, podcast about that recently about right to repair. Yeah. And, you know, the question is, what can you really fix in many of these things? Um, since uh, like an iPhone or a smartphone now is like a, a sol almost a solid state brick. There's very little airspace. Oh, no. It's, there. There's a lot going on in there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of these opened up and it's yeah. like, oh, my okay. God. How in the world did anybody ever figure that out? Even replacing the glass. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to try and do that myself. Are you? I don't know. No, you put some packing tape over it. And my daughter proved that is the glass breaks and even falls off in places. She just puts packing tape over it and it works just fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or my wife just lives with a broken screen because yeah. when when it's on, it's not as as visible. You know, yeah. She actually has an iPod, iPad that she likes using, and it's it's got a totally uh, cracked screen all over. But you can read through it. You yeah. can do most. It's things. amazing, you know. And I bet you that was not a design feature. No, and, and it, it works through it, the broken. But glass. it doesn't doesn't fall out you know most kind of glass breaks yeah it falls out <laughs> Probably, yeah, it problem, yeah. well it's not a typical glass i think wasn't it a called gorilla glass at yeah. one point and now it's something else i think they're doing some other process oh they've gotten they've gotten incredible i think we pointed out a drop test that they had on concrete with the with the iphone 12 or 15 or something and, and I, the you know the case the metal case was bending and, and denning but the glass was solid yeah so they have developed incredible materials in electronics and, and the expectations, as we just talked about, maybe having a podcast, uh, the expectations grow for uh, for robustness oh, yeah. on a waterproof, almost drop proof. Uh, you know, it's not teenage girl proof, though. We both know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my daughter hasn't broken hers for quite a while. Well, so it's not, she's out of that. You know, tween years. So, it's a, well, actually, she has. She's turned twenty yesterday. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> so, but yeah, my daughter also figured out that you know, if I drop this phone enough times, and there's only so much duct tape you can put on it that keep it together. Um, so, well, they and buying it out. A, and buying a case is a very, very wise investment. Yeah. So, the expectations 
change. And, and we have different levels of expectations by the brand, by the t- type of product mm-hmm. or system that we're dealing with. Right. Uh, and even within the same company, it might be a great expectation for it just works, yet knowing calling customer support is going to be a pain in the butt. Kind of right. Thing. Just And you have to gear yourself or vice versa. It might be, you know, it's a trade-off on the product, yet their customer service is great. So I think Dell had that reputation at one time. This is the yes. customers that got reported a failure and got it repaired by the Dell folks right. or got it resolved were much more loyal customers right. than ones that had no problems whatsoever. Right. And, and, you know, Dell had that direct model. They had to change. Yeah. They did change and became uh, uh, like everybody else sold through stores. But, um, so, but the expectations for a company, companies support their product when, you know, you can. It's obviously your fault that the product broke, okay, or you caused the product to break, and it is repairable. There is an expectation for a lot of products that the company will be able to repair it at a much lower cost uh, than buying a new, a whole new product. Yeah. And in some products like electric bikes, the innovation is not that rapid versus uh, smartphones or yeah, early on or even display, laptops. They change stuff. So right. Yeah. Right. There's just different different products have different speeds of evolution, I guess. Like washer machines, I don't know. They they have changed a little bit. They're more efficient with their water use, but for the most part, well, there's a whole know. lot of buttons on there. I, Diane finally wrote down a, a cheat sheet for me. <laughs> these are the settings for these things. <laughs> All right. I just say normal wash, normal time, normal everything. Well, I got in trouble for that. You know, oh, excuse me. There's there's, there's details uh, here. They got to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't have to do that. Now there should be some intelligence that the machine maybe learns what kind of clothes you put in or what the well, no, is. What, it, what my washing machine would do is that it recognizes I'm standing in front of it loading it and it'll say, I'm not turning on until this is checked by the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you have a second backup. Verified all the settings are correct. That's right. You go to this massive panel. Of, well, uh, I could hear the, a voice coming out of the washing machine. Are you sure you want to wash this silk blouse? <laughs> with those hey, settings what are you thinking <laughs> it's easy you just buy clothes that uh if it if it can't be hand can be put in the washing machine you don't own it and that's the way ours is well, that's the way I, yeah I, that's my it's option like, yeah it's, it's like i if it's not wash you wear you have to iron it no nope, sorry i'm not gonna do that well, you and i can agree on those expectations it's like yeah, <laughs> ironing uh, yeah. but anyway the idea right. is is that we need to account for customer expectations in the design and in support of our products. And it sounds like, I mean, you've got a great experience, mm-hmm. which now I suspect changes your expectation from that company. So you go back again and right. there's going to be a, the you know night shift guy working. Or a different manager behind the desk and goes, oh, you know, this will, you know, I, I, looking at this, oh, I, you really messed this up. You know, this will cost you $80,000. Right, right. If yeah, we can fix it. Yeah. No, I, I felt uh, that they did, you know, and I've had other experiences with companies like that. And I just, it's, it's um, uh, incredible. And you just, you really want to stick with them. Yeah. Even if they make a mistake the next time, you've at least, they've, they've, uh, they raised the bar. They raised the bar, and, and they and they've uh, they've uh, attached your loyalty a little bit more yep. each time. So you you're willing to tolerate uh, even uh, their down you know mi- misstep sometimes. Yeah. So. 
but it's it's part of the process of creating a product and and um you know so if you're listening to this and you're in the process of creating a product how do you account for the customer's expectations for how long it should last or what kind of things should fail or not fail what's repairable you know all the whole process it all makes a difference because reliability is in the eyes of our customers, right? If they think it's working and they have experience that it does work or doesn't work, that sets their reality. That sets their expectation. So part of our job is not just hitting the, you know, 90% reliable over two years on our Weibull plot. Is that, is that okay or not? Is that a meeting the expectations or not? And then the hard part of the whole thing, of course, is that it continues to change customers' expectations and market after market after market just keep getting right. more and more stringent. And right. so if you're working on something like this, let us know. what. How do you account for customers' expectations in, in the way you go about creating a product and making it available? We'd love to hear it. And if you have questions about that, that's kind of makes the show for us. That gives us something specific that includes you as part of the show as your questions or comments. So let us know. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And you can find a couple of ways to get in touch with us there. Uh, Kirk and I and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn and our about pages. And so we, we do sincerely look forward to hearing from you as we're getting close to a thousand episodes. We're going to cross 900 here in a couple, in a week or two. Um, and then we're on the home stretch by the end of the a year from then, roughly we'll break a thousand. So we're getting pretty close here. Kirk. <laughs> well, I, I hope I can be there when you do break a thousand, but I was the first. So that counts. <laughs> that does count. That does count. <laughs> I was number one. <laughs> well, you're anyway. still number one in my book. Kirk. Oh, yeah, thanks, it's, Brad. It's you're guy. number one with me too. And right. keep it up with a single reliability and spreading the, the really need for a lot of changes. You're not just repeating the you know, same old stuff. Most of the, material you have is really um, trying to introduce a lot of new ideas and question some of the old ones that don't work. Yep. Very well said, Kirk. All right. Thanks for the plug there. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Talk to you soon, Fred. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.